Thanks for joining me on this journey and welcome to the Journey with Jenny podcast on SM Enlightenment Radio or TV, where we hit all the topics that help and encourage you on this journey of life. Everything from health to mindset to business to finances, anything that helps you and makes your life better, we cover it all. Hello, hello, welcome. So today I was thinking about it on the heels of the conversation that we had a few episodes ago. I thought that we would dive into artificial sweeteners today. So we talked about in episode seven, we talked about a lot of hidden ingredients that are sabotaging our health. So today is a category that fits under that topic, but is big enough to have its own episode. So that's what we're doing. Um, So, and this topic is insidious in that artificial sweeteners seem to be everywhere. And they don't seem to be regarded as much to be worried about. Well, I will let you be the judge of that today. So today's question, I'm posing a question for today's episode. The question is, should we be worried about artificial sweeteners? All right. So that's our question today. And I am letting you be the judge of it. Okay. You are going to decide. I'm going to present you with information to share facts to share uh, what different people say and then at the episode at the end of the episode let you decide if you think you should be worried about artificial sweeteners or not okay so let's start with what do you think when you hear the word artificial sweeteners so I'm guessing you think of things like Splenda, sweet and low and equal, right? Yes. So there's the graphic. So if you're not watching, you're definitely going to want to find your way to YouTube, to SM Enlightenment Radio or TV um, to check out the graphics that we're putting up. So these are the things that you think about with artificial sweeteners, fake sugars, right? So it came onto the scene in a big way in the 1980s. And it was a big part of that whole, the diet craze, the low sugar craze, the no sugar craze, like all of that. Okay. So let's start with a definition. Um, Um, If you know anything about me, you know, I love definitions. I can geek out on that kind of stuff. So a definition. What is an artificial sweetener? Artificial sweeteners are synthetic sugar substitutes. They are chemicals added to some foods and beverages to make them taste sweet. People often refer to them as intense sweeteners because they provide a taste similar to that of table sugar, but up to several several thousand times sweeter. Okay? Did you hear that? So it tastes like sugar, but it is up to several thousand times sweeter. All right? So for example, aspartame is an artificial sweetener. Aspartame is 200 times sweeter than sugar, 200 times sweeter than sugar. Okay. Uh, and, and if you've ever had sugar, I'm guessing all of my listeners have like sugar sweet, right? It's very sweet. And, um, aspartame is 200 times sweeter than sugar. Okay. And then there's saccharin. Saccharin is another artificial sweetener. Saccharin is 300 to 500 times sweeter than sugar. Okay. All right, let's move on to neotame. Neotame is another artificial sweetener. Neotame is 7,000 to 13,000 times sweeter than sugar, right? And then one more, because if that wasn't enough, adventame is another artificial sweetener, and it is said to be 20,000 times 
sweeter than sugar. 20,000 times, you guys, like, I mean, that's just, that's just crazy. So hold on to these thoughts because we're going to come back to this in just a moment, but I want to give you a list of artificial sweeteners. So these are things to pay attention to when you're reading ingredients. These are, this is what I'm talking about. Okay. If you're like, okay, well, all right, fine. But what are these names? What are these things? These are the artificial sweeteners I'm talking about. Aspartame, neotame, saccharin, uh, acid sulfame potassium. I never said I could actually pronounce them all. <laughs> Acyl sulfame potassium, sucralose, and adventane. Okay. So those are the main artificial sweeteners that we are talking about. All right. So let's also cover another little category of where are they? Kind of like, where's Waldo? If you remember the whole, where's Waldo? Find him in the picture. Where is he in the world? All right. So where are these artificial sweeteners? Where are they found? What are they in? Okay, so here's a little list. It is not a comprehensive list, but these are places where you can find artificial sweeteners. Okay, equal, Splenda, sodas, sodas, or if you in the Midwest, you call it pop. Okay, so I'll give you that. So specifically, especially diet sodas or diet pop. Okay, sugar-free desserts and foods, gum yogurt, cough drops, ice cream, pudding, frozen desserts, toothpaste, you guys, toothpaste, candy, canned fruits, canned vegetables, syrups, baked goods, jams and jellies, cosmetic products, vitamins, pharmaceuticals, and more. So that is just a little list of places that you could find artificial sweeteners lurking and hiding. Okay. All right. So let's go back to the thought of what we were just talking about a few minutes ago about the sweetness factor. Okay. So, and in, in that vein, thinking about that, let's talk about what artificial sweeteners do, what they do to the body. Okay. So I mentioned that these are in a lot of low fat, low sugar, no sugar foods, right? And those things, those kinds of foods would be most attractive to those people that are looking to cut sugar and lose weight, right? Those are the people that'd be looking for it. So now let's talk about what it actually does to your body. What is really happening in your body when you are consuming artificial sweeteners? So let's use diet soda as an example, okay? So when you drink a diet soda, the sweetener activates your taste receptors just like sugar does, right? And then that in turn stimulates appetite and then it causes your body to release a number of hormones, all right? So one of those hormones that is released is insulin, okay? You've heard of insulin before, I'm sure. So insulin, which is produced to remove the anticipated influx of glucose from the blood. So you taste this, you're, you're feeling it, they're expecting the sugar, they think there's a lot of glucose, so we up the insulin so we can get all the glucose out of the blood. However, the problem is because the sweetener doesn't have any actual glucose in it, the insulin ends up removing whatever sugar is already there in the blood, which then causes the blood sugar to dip way too low, and then it's further triggering the appetite to compensate. So it's expecting to be able to take 
take all this glucose out and there's no glucose to take out. It takes out the sugar that's already in the blood and your blood sugar dips way too low. Okay. The other hormones released. Um, so many different hormones are released um, with this. So another one is one that helps regulate the appetite cycle and it's called leptin. So leptin lets your body know that it's consumed enough calories and it's full. It sends the full signal. Okay. But again, though, because the sweetener that you just had doesn't deliver any actual calories, the leptin circulates and circulates, but it never sends back a message to stop. And so the appetite loop is effectively opened, but never closed. So you continue to feel hungry because the leptin is never sending the signal back saying, I'm full, stop, time out, time out. So in the end, these low calorie or zero calorie diet sodas that you're drinking are likely actually leading you to eat more. So you see some chips and you see some cookies and whatever else happens to be nearby, you're going to consume that so that you can close that loop. So that doesn't sound like an especially effective dieting aid to me. I don't know if it does to you, but that is not a very good cycle to get into. So it messes with your hormones. It disrupts your hormones and is sending wacky messages to your body. So that's one of the things that artificial sweeteners do. Okay, so um, so that's like what it immediately does in your body. So then based on that and thinking about what it's doing, let's think about some long-term effects that can be happening in our body as a result of having artificial sweeteners in it, okay? So if appetite and metabolism can be disrupted each time you consume an artificial sweetener, then it's easy to see how a long-term consumption could actually damage your health. So here are some dangers from artificial sweeteners to watch out for for the long-term, okay? The first one is obesity. So if you feel hungry, as sweeteners are prone to make you, as we just talked about, and what it does um, in your body, then you're more likely to eat a little extra and then gain weight instead of losing it. So as far back as the mid-1980s, all right, this goes back a ways, mid-1980s, research was already suggesting this to be true and that artificial sweeteners worsen the very problem that they are marketed to solve. Remember we said diet sodas, who's consuming a diet soda, people losing, looking to lose weight, but in fact, it's actually having the opposite effect. So check this out. There were some studies done. So one study, which followed more than 75,000 women ages 50 to 69 for a year, and they found that those who consumed artificial sweeteners were more likely to gain weight, regardless of their initial weight. And then there was another trial which followed um, more than 5,000 adults for approximately nine years and also found that subjects who drank artificially sweetened beverages were more likely to gain weight, 47% more likely. And worse, weight gain often comes in the form of harmful belly fat. And that is definitely not what you want. Um, a report in the Washington Post shared data from the San Antonio Longitudinal Study of Aging showing that, quote, daily and occasional diet soda drinkers gained nearly three times as much belly fat as non-drinkers after they ruled out other factors such as age, exercise, and smoking, end quote. So basically the obesity factor the long-term effects um, are weight gain, um, which is not something you want. 
The next long-term effect that it was shown to have is type 2 diabetes and metabolic syndrome. So if artificial sweeteners can increase belly fat and weight gain, then it just makes sense, right, that they may also increase the risk for metabolic syndrome and type 2 diabetes. And there was a study published in Diabetes Care, which confirmed this, that drinking, so drinking diet soda on a daily basis was associated with a 36% greater relative risk of incident metabolic syndrome and a 67% greater relative risk of type 2 diabetes compared with non-consumption, okay? So this just shows that our, our actions have consequences and there are things that come as a result in our body of the things that we are putting into them. So um, just, and again, like these are diet sodas. So people are thinking that they're doing a good thing for their body, but not really understanding what's in it which are artificial sweeteners, and then what those are actually doing to your body. Okay, so the next long-term effect are changes in gut bacteria. Oh my gosh, you guys, this, 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 this is so key, the gut microbiome. A 2014 study published in the journal Nature was the first to suggest that saccharin, remember saccharin was one of the artificial sweeteners we talked about in the very beginning, that saccharin can alter gut flora and that those changes may cause metabolic disorders. Okay. So this study also demonstrated that the gut microbiome, I don't know if you've heard those words before, but the gut microbiome is linked with aspects of health unrelated to metabolism, including immunity and mood. Changes to the flora could have unanticipated effects beyond metabolic dysfunction. So this is a really, really big thing. And I love this topic. I love this topic. And um, I could do a whole entire episode on this, and I probably will. Um, you can give your input if you want to. I'm on Instagram at Jenny Hardy, and you can let me know um, your thoughts about that. But this topic is so uh, fascinating and it's and it's so intriguing. I mean, this study that I just said it was 2014. That wasn't that long ago. I'm recording this in 2022. So I mean, that was like eight years ago that this was just coming and saying, "Hey, changes in the gut flora could have other effects on your overall health." And we have come to learn a lot about this. There's been so much research already done on the gut microbiome, and it's emerging more and more. I can't even imagine eight more years what more we will know about the power of the gut microbiome and its effect on our health. But here are some things that we do already know. We know that 90% of serotonin and 50% of your dopamine come from your gut, okay? So serotonin, that's what that's the happy hormone. That That's what makes you happy, the dopamine, dopamine hit, right? So the, those are what makes you happy, and that comes from your gut. And 70%, 70% of your immune system comes from the gut, okay? Those words, immune system, have been very, very hot lately. And the thing that helps you stay healthy, the thing that helps you fight off diseases and illnesses and sicknesses in your body comes from your gut. So your gut microbiome and the balance there is so, so key to your overall health. And these are things that are just emerging and we're learning more and more about them, but things that are really important to pay attention to and understand. And certainly messing with the gut can definitely have a devastating consequence on your overall health. So I will leave the, the gut um, to that, but um, that is just, that's definitely another long-term effect 
of what artificial sweeteners can do. All right, and then the last one I wanna share about this is cancer. So as if potential diabetes and changes to the gut microbiome aren't risky enough, two of the artificial sweeteners on our list, saccharin and aspartame, have also at some point been labeled as carcinogens. So in the early 1970s, this is even further back, the 1970s, saccharin was found to cause bladder cancer in rats. Aspartame has twice come under review for potential links to cancer, most recently in 2005. So that's another long-term thing that I don't think we really want to be messing with, right? So those are some of the things that there are direct connections to what artificial sweeteners can do in your body. So that leads me to some controversies that are out there. There are controversies regarding artificial sweeteners, and um, there are people on both sides of this debate, um, which is why I posed the question in the beginning for you to decide. I'm going to present this for you, some things that you might not have ever heard of before or not been aware of, and give you the opportunity to decide what you want to do about it, okay? So as I mentioned, there is debate as to what artific artificial sweeteners do and if they are a good or a bad thing or if they are anything to worry about or not. And there tends to be a split in the medical community um, being for or against the use of artificial sweeteners. So Let's just take a, a little tiny snippet. We obviously don't have a ton of ton of time. So we're just going to take a little look at the background as to how these artificial sweeteners are categorized. Um, okay, so artificial feet artificial sweeteners fall under the category labeled GRAS, G-R-A-S. So this is where the FDA has put them. So what does G-R-A-S stand for? It stands for generally recognized as safe. Okay. Gross. So that's the label, the category which artificial sweeteners fall under. Gross. Generally recognized as safe. Okay, so I'm going to pull out the word safe. What does safe mean? It's generally recognized as safe. So what does safe mean? So the FDA has defined that. FDA has defined safe as a reasonable certainty in the minds of competent scientists that the substance is not harmful under its intended conditions of use. The specific data and information that demonstrate safety depend on the characteristics of the substance, the estimated dietary intake, and the population that will consume the substance, end quote. Okay, so the safety is dependent upon three things, the characteristics of that substance, the estimated dietary intake, how much you're going to take in, how much you should be taking in, and the population that will consume the substance. So that's a lot of variables, you guys, and we are all very different people, and we're all consuming different things. Um, so generally recognized as safe, that's a pretty broad, loosey-goosey thing. So let's go a little bit further into that, okay? Um, a fun little game to play here. So that mentioned estimated dietary intake. All right. So let's talk about that. What is the estimated dietary intake? Did you know that there was such a thing? Okay. So yes, there is. And so I want to share the formula with you for how you can figure out the amount of these artificial sweeteners that are safe for you to consume on a daily basis. Okay. Have you ever done this before? <laughs> Did you know this was a thing? So for example, here's what you need to do, okay? So let's take saccharin. Saccharin um, is an artificial sweetener and we'll use that as an example, okay? 
the acceptable daily intake, which is called ADI, the acceptable daily intake is five um, mg slash kg of body weight. So milligrams of kilograms of body weight. So to, to, to determine your ADI, your acceptable daily intake, you need to divide your weight in pounds by 2.2 and then multiply it by five, right? So for example, if you weighed 180 pounds, your weight in kilograms would be 82, 182 divided by 2.2. And your ADI for saccharin would be 410 milligrams, which is five times 82. Okay, seriously, you guys, like, have you ever heard that before? I mean, did you even know there was a daily recommended amount of this? And much less what that amount is actually for you and that you even knew it was in the foods you were consuming? And how do you even know when you have reached your limit and that you are past what is considered to be safe? And then did you know what will happen when you go past the safe limits. Okay. So, I mean, that's just, if that doesn't show how crazy it is, you weren't supposed to like follow all the math. You can, if you want to, it's an actual formula. But the point is like, this is what gross is generally recognized as safe. And so you're, you know, in theory, supposed to be knowing what's in these products and then figuring out the math and knowing if you have reached your threshold for safety for that day. And that's just one of the artificial sweeteners and it's different formulas for different ones. I mean, that's just crazy, you guys, which is the whole point of why I'm doing this so that you can just be aware of what is in these things and figure it out for yourself based on maybe other factors. Okay, so I do just want to point out that the Mayo Clinic did not regard artificial sweeteners as problematic and pointed to studies in the 1970s that linked saccharin to bladder cancer in lab rats. Quote, but according to the National Cancer Institute, there's no sound scientific evidence that artificial sweeteners can cause cancer or other serious health problems, end quote, okay? So we've seen a few pros and cons on artificial sweeteners, what they do and how they are categorized. Um, and after we take a quick break, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about where do these artificial sweeteners come from? What are they even? And I think you're going to be surprised, shocked, maybe even horrified. Um, so definitely come back and stay tuned to that. You are listening to Journey with Jenny on SM Enlightenment Radio and TV and the Journey with Jenny podcast. We'll be right back. Welcome back, and thanks for joining me on Journey with Jenny on SM Enlightenment Radio or TV and the Journey with Jenny podcast. I'm Jenny, and we are talking about artificial sweeteners. Our question of the episode is, should we be worried about artificial sweeteners? Okay, so that is the question we are answering. So we've covered a bit about how they are processed by the body and their effects on the body and how they are categorized by the FDA. So now let's take a look into 
what are these things anyway? Where did they come from? So let's take a little more um, info. Let's dig into artificial sweeteners and where they come from. All right, so we're going to start with saccharin. Saccharin was discovered when a researcher was working on coal tar derivatives, okay? So it doesn't, doesn't sound like sugar to me, but that's saccharin. Saccharin was discovered when a researcher was working on coal tar derivatives. All right, next one is aspartame. Aspartame was discovered in 1965 by a scientist who was trying to make new ulcer drugs. Ulcer also drugs, and it was approved by the FDA in 1981 for dry uses in tabletop sweeteners, chewing gum, cold breakfast cereals, gelatins, and puddings. So there is a list of some other places that you can find these artificial sweeteners. Okay, the next one is sucralose. Sucralose was actually discovered while trying to create a new insecticide. I'm just going to let that one sink in for just a moment, and then I'll repeat it. Yes, thank you, Doc. I was waiting for that picture. <laughs> like, you definitely need to catch us on TV. So let me say that again for the people in the back. Sucralose was actually discovered while trying to create a new insecticide. All right, so it may have started out as sugar, but the final product is anything but sugar. So according to the book, Sweet Deception, sucralose is made when sugar is treated with, okay, so let me just say before I go through this list, like I, I didn't say I could pronounce all these things. Okay, I'll do my best. Um, but like I said, so the book Sweet Deception um, tells us that sucralose is made when sugar, so you start with sugar, and then sugar is treated with these things. It's treated with tritochloride, acetic anhydride, hydrogen chlorine, theanol chloride, and methanol. So all those things, put it on the sugar. In the presence of, I'm not done yet, in the presence of dimethylformamide, 4-methylmorpholine, uh, toluene, Yes, exactly. Like, oh my gosh, you have to see the graphics. I, I can't even say this stuff. Like, there's more. Methyl isobutyl ketone, acetic acid, benzyl triethyl, benzyl triethyl ammonium chloride, and sodium methoxide. All those things mixed up, treated on the sugar making it anything unlike anything found in nature. So if you read the fine print on the Splenda website, just go do that for kicks, it states that, quote, although sucralose has a structure like sugar and a sugar-like taste, it is not natural, end quote. Notice how many times they say sugar in that to make your brain think that you know, sugar, that's a whole marketing thing. Maybe that'll be a whole nother episode too. Uh, very interesting. I'm not going to digress off of this too much, but that's fascinating. Um, in 1998, uh, sucralose was approved for limited use. And in 1999, it was given approval for use as a general purpose sweetener. It is currently found in over 4,500 products, including foods that are cooked or baked. Okay. So that is good old sucralose with all the big old list of compounds and words that I can't even pronounce. Okay, so the next artificial sweetener is acyl sulfame potassium. 
Acesulfame potassium has been approved as a sweetener since 1988. It is listed in the ingredients on the food label as acesulfame um, K, acesulfame potassium, or ACE-K, A-C-E-K, um, or SUNET, or SUNET, S-U-N-E-T-T. And I'll put these in the show notes as well, so you can have it uh, written out also. And then the next one is neotame. In 2002, the FDA approved a new version of aspartame called neotame. And then the last one is adventame. Adventame was approved in May of 2014, and it's made by Ahinomoto, a manufacturer of food additives, including MSG. Hmm, where have I heard that before? If you paid attention to a couple episodes ago, yes, um, lovely MSG. We learned about that. If you're not sure what that is, go back to episode seven and listen to that. So interestingly, Adventame has also been approved as an artificial flavor. Adventame is a water-soluble crystalline white powder made from aspartame and vanillin, which is basically an artificial version of vanilla extract. So, I mean, basically they took aspartame, added vanilla flavoring, and there you have Adventame. So, and remember how crazy, crazy sweet these things are too. It's pretty wild. So that's what they are. And I don't know about you, but I didn't, I didn't know about these things. Like you don't stop and think necessarily like I didn't, I, I, I kind of think the average person doesn't stop and think, Oh, what is in this food? I just need to grab a box of something and cook it up for dinner that night, or just throw it together and have a quick, easy lunch. Right. And so this is the whole reason why I'm doing this podcast, because if you are a mom, if you are a dad, if you are a grandma, if you have people that you are taking care of, you are, if you are anyone that consumes food, that I think it's wise to understand and be aware of the things that are in the foods that we are eating, because I wasn't for most of my life, I wasn't aware of these things. And I think, you know, we'll hear things and we have things passing by, but we don't really stop and pay attention to them or it doesn't necessarily change our life, right? We don't have those like watershed moments, those life-changing moments. Um, And I did have one of those and that's what started me thinking about all of this. But I'm hoping that it doesn't take one of those moments for you to stop and think about this. I'm hoping that by listening to this, that you are able to hear these things and say, hmm, I haven't had one of those moments yet, but I'm going to change my actions. I'm going to, I'm going to start paying more attention. I'm going to, I'm going to get these things out of my diet because my personal experience um, with this, and it was actually aspartame is what came onto the scene for me. I had graduated college. I had moved out to Arizona. I got a job out there. I was teaching and um, life was great, right? And so until it wasn't. And so one day I was in my classroom. I was sitting there. I had my students all around me and I was teaching them a lesson. I was actually preparing to go outside and do an activity out there. And I'm sitting there talking to them. And all of a sudden there's like bunch of um, lights and bright things in my vision. And then like half of my vision goes and I can only see like, it's just splotches and I can only see like half of my students. And I'm like, I'm going blind. What is happening? And I was, it was very, very scary. 
And um, I had never heard of this before. I didn't know what was happening. And then it was followed by an intense headache. And so I had come to learn then that this was an ocular migraine. And so you get the splotches, you lose vision, and then it turns into a migraine, turns into a really bad headache about half an hour later. And so I, I didn't know any of this. Um, and so I learned this by going to um, a neurologist and, and finding this out and having these discussions. And then through one thing led to another. And I had been doing a um, a, a major change in my diet where I was consuming a lot of yogurt, um, a specific kind of yogurt. And it turns out the aspartame was in that yogurt. I didn't know what aspartame was. I'd never heard of it, but aspartame was on the list of triggers for migraines. So looking through the list, trying to figure things out, I figured out that aspartame is a migraine trigger for me. And I never heard of aspartame before. I never paid attention. And so that was my start into this realm of, of understanding that the foods that we eat have a profound impact on us and that we need to be aware. We have a responsibility to know what is in the foods that we are consuming. And I know that we all don't have time to go and do research and all these things. So that's why I'm here. So hopefully being in your ear and, and giving this information to you can cause you to just make a few changes, make a little changes, or cause you to dig deeper and find out from your own research um, what is going on and what is the best thing for you. And so I hope that is helpful to hear my experience. And I would love if you have your own experiences, I would definitely love to hear them. Like I said, I am on Instagram. I'm at Jenny Hardy. And so you can send me a message and it would be great to be able to hear your experiences and um, what what you have come to know. If, if you do have triggers, if um, things that have that artificial sweeteners have done to you or just uh, has caused your awareness of this. And so what I want to do is just then share. So so that was a direct connection of a migraine to me. And there's a lot of other, we talked about some of them in the first segment, um, but I want to share even more of um, different symptoms, different things that can happen from these artificial sweeteners in our bodies. Um, so um, related to saccharin specifically, okay? So things that are related to saccharin that can be... Um, uh, well, and, and before I say this again, like just a special note to um, if you are, you know, a mom, if you are a dad, you know, especially with these things that I'm going to list off, stop and think that maybe it's the foods that we're eating. Maybe it's the artificial sweetener and it gives you some more um, information to have an intelligent guess as to what might be going on in your kid's body or in your body um, and kind of try to figure things out. So, Saccharin. Saccharin can give allergic reactions such as headaches, difficulty breathing, skin issues, diarrhea, and saccharin is also found in infant formula and is thought to cause irritability and muscle dysfunction. Hello, colic. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, seriously, if it's an infant formula, so just trying to, you know, piece some things together and understanding what these things cause, okay? So aspartame, so this is the one that was a specific trigger for me. Aspartame is definitely the most controversial one. One study confirmed that individuals with self-reported headaches after the ingestion of aspartame were indeed susceptible to headaches due to aspartame. 
three randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled studies, those are all the words you want to hear when you hear a study, with more than 200 adult migraine sufferers showed that headaches were more frequent and more severe in the aspartame-treated group, okay? So that was my personal um, experience. Um, Sucralose. The presence of chlorine is thought to be the most dangerous component of sucralose. Chlorine, as in the stuff that's in the swimming pool. Uh, chlorine is considered a carcinogen and has been used in poisonous gas, disinfectants, pesticides, and plastics. The digestion and absorption of sucralose is not clear due to a lack of long-term studies on humans. The majority of studies were done on animals for short lengths of time. The alleged symptoms associated with sucralose are gastrointestinal problems, bloating, gas, diarrhea, nausea, uh, skin irritations, which are things like rash, hives, redness, itching, swelling, wheezing, cough, runny nose, chest pains, palpitations, anxiety, anger, mood swings, depression, itchy eyes. Whew, that's quite a list. Okay, so this is sucralose we're talking about. Guys, the only way to be sure of the safety of sucralose is to have long-term studies on humans done. So basically, you, me, we are the long-term study. We are the experiment. Oh, let's find out in 20 years after people have consumed all this that X, Y, Z. Yes, exactly. Like, I mean, like, you know, get, get them addicted. Like, let's find out. And guys, sucralose, this is what Splenda is made of, okay? So direct, like, this is Splenda, okay? All right. So the next one is acyl sulfame potassium or ACE-K. So the problems surrounding, surrounding ACE-K are based on the improper testing and lack of long-term studies. So again, lack of long-term studies here. So ACE-K contains the carcinogen methylene chloride. Long-term exposure to methylene chloride can cause headaches, depression, nausea, mental confusion, liver effects, kidney effects, visual disturbances, and cancer in humans. There has been a great deal of opposition to the use of ACE-K without further testing, but at this time, the FDA has not required that the tests be done. And again, you guys, this is another reason and a passion of mine to share this information with you because so many times we just assume that, well, the FDA will take care of it or the government will take care of it, but I really feel strongly that it's our personal responsibility to do research on our own and understand and then take medicine into our own hands as to what we want to personally choose to consume or not consume. Uh, the next one is neotame. No long-term studies exist to know its effect, but I'm guessing um, it can't be any better than aspartame. That's just my personal opinion. Um, adventame. There was concern about one study in which a significant number of mice died after being given adventame. But apparently the FDA's own biostatician had expressed concern about this, raising the issue that the death of the mice compromised the study's ability to determine if adventame can cause long, late developing tumors. Nonetheless, adventame has been approved. So it's important to point out that adventame is made with aspartame, a sweetener that must be avoided by those who have phenylketonuria PKU, um, a rare genetic disorder. However, because adventame is so sweet and therefore only small amounts are needed to provide sweetness, 
The FDA claims that no warning label for people with PKU is necessary on this product. So again, it goes back to the amounts and the uh, like the specific people. So again, know your body, know your issues, know what's in the foods that you're consuming and know what they can possibly do to your body. Okay. So let me give you a quick rundown summary of the issues and the cons of artificial sweeteners. Okay. So just give them to you, not separating them between one to another, but just in general um, issues that artificial sweeteners cause. Weight gain, exposure to carcinogenic components to babies in the womb via the mom drinking soda or eating foods sweetened with artificial sweeteners, lack of long-term studies. We are the long-term studies. Mixed interest in the funding of studies on these artificial sweeteners and their safety. No studies on the risk of cancer have been done with an updated amount of soda that the average American now consumes. And it has gone up significantly since the original study was done. And I think that's a really, really, really key component here. We're dealing with like way less amounts that people were consuming back in the day. Artificial sweeteners cross the blood-brain barrier and disrupt disrupt the hippocampal function, which then impairs sensitivity to interceptive signals, dysregulate appetite behavior, and thereby promote food intake, therefore making us eat more and eventually gain weight, one of the first points that I shared with you. Artificial sweeteners retrain your taste buds so they desire more sweetness, um, and they affect the normal gut microbiome. And let's just run down another quick list one more time of things that they do. Migraines, dizziness, cancer, breathing problems, toxic liver, diarrhea, bloating, nausea, headaches, altered taste buds, hypothyroidism, alter, um, lung problems, toxic kidneys, eczema, and nerve damage. Okay? So that's what I wanted to share with you. And basically my conclusion is these are not natural. The body cannot break them down. The only possibility is that they can bring your body harm. So why consume them? Why consume them? Look at the list of symptoms as a result of ingesting these. And do you want that? Do you want those things? Um, my personal recommendation is to cut out artificial sweeteners and then just see how you feel. Do a little test for yourself. We do this with all kinds of other different food groups. Try it with artificial sweeteners. Cut them out 30 days and then see how you feel. And then put them back in a little bit and see how your body reacts. Because I have a feeling that we're so used to consuming these that we don't, we're not even aware of what it really is doing to our body. So just take control and notice what is going on inside of your body and you be the judge. And if this is intriguing and you want more info on what are dangerous chemicals and what are good products to use, good foods to eat, then join me in our Facebook group, our Journey with Jenny to Healthy Living. It's very easy to find me on Facebook. Again, it's called Journey with Jenny to Healthy Living. And um, just come in, join the conversation there. Um, we talk a lot about all these kinds of things, good alternatives, um, good choices to make as far as foods we're eating, things we're drinking, products we're using. And I'm going to introduce Alternative Time, a little section in our podcast um, called Alternative Time. So 
um, giving you an alternative to what you are currently using. So a big thing mentioned today was soda, right? Soda can be so tricky to get off of, but I highly encourage you to do that. But what do you have instead? Well, I know a lot of people have been able to transition off of soda by having energy fizz instead. So what is energy fizz? Energy fizz is an energy drink that is full of antioxidants, B vitamins, green tea, guarana, and it naturally boosts your energy without the crash or the jitters. And the best part is it tastes so good, but it also has more benefits. So some other benefits it has is that it enhances cognitive performance. It helps promote endurance, balances blood sugars. We talked about that in the beginning. It enhances motor performance, helps fight fatigue, and improves happiness. Who doesn't want to be happy? It just has 15 calories, two grams of sugar per packet. So what's not to love? And I mentioned the flavors that taste so good. So it comes in strawberry, pomegranate, blood orange, and pineapple. And they're often limited time flavors as well to just keep things fun. So I'll leave the link in the show notes for you to be able to check it out and be able to get your energy fizz. So for more alternatives to skip the artificial sweeteners, to keep the conversation going, definitely join us in Journey with Jenny to Healthy Living Facebook group. And um, I just give the question back to you for you to decide should I be worried about artificial sweeteners? I hope that this conversation has been helpful to you to be able to answer that question. If you have more questions, um, definitely join us in the Journey with Jenny to Healthy Living Facebook group, and I'll see you there. That's a wrap. Thanks so much for joining me on SM Enlightenment Radio or TV or joining us on the Journey with Jenny podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please download my podcast and leave a five-star rating and review. It really does help, and I would be so grateful. I'm Jenny. Have a good one.